You know, it almost sounds quaint now, but in 1991, when My Bloody Valentine dropped Loveless, it was groundbreaking. There was nothing else like it. It had taken some of the elements of like 4AD type bands from the 80s and just brought these swirling guitars in. But then the gorgeous vocals and the beautiful production, you would normally think that kind of distorted swirling guitar would be very agitating, but there was something incredibly soothing. In fact, so much so that a bunch of mop head kids and long hair sort of invented a genre called shoegaze. And they were amazing. And the reason that that song occurred to me this morning when I was getting ready to think about doing episode, what, 141? Is that real? You are correct, sir. Wow. 141 of the Brian Oak Show, made possible by Smart Start MN. In fact, we're here in the Smart Start MN studio. Was that Loveless, that groundbreaking shoegaze masterpiece, Tentpole, came out 30 years ago. 1991 was 30 oh, years ago. So that's painful. Go ahead and ruminate on that. You know, masticate on that for the course of the show here. And I just haven't think masticated it in weeks. Yeah, I don't believe you. I'm <laughs> sure you did it in the car before you came in. My Bloody Valentine to kick things off. It is getting close to St. Patrick's Day. I wanted to play an Irish band. And my name is Brian Oak. I've got plenty of Irish blood coursing through my veins. And so does that guy right there. His name is Sean O'Halloran. My mother's a McCarthy, she is. Yeah, yeah. no. My mom was a Collins. Her mom was yeah. a Ryan. Her mom was an O'Hara. It goes back a long way on yeah. that side. And so what we do about once a year is we trot out our resident Irishman. Uh, and he's willing to do it. This is this is when the sun is out, you make hay. This is a very popular time for people to get in, t- in touch with somebody I've known for maybe not since 91, but it seems like it's been a very long time. One Mr. John Cosgrove. How are you, John? I am very well. I'm delighted to be here. I have a great affection for this uh, smart stuff. Start studio, mm. and uh, we're having a smart start today to get this going, which you know is a nice <laughs> plug-in. That's what I like to do. Um, I like when you talk about Irish music being groundbreaking because there is a lot of Irish music that has you know gone back twelve, fifteen hundred years, and so to be groundbreaking. <laughs> um, we talked about this before uh, we came on air, but Irish hip hop being. Uh, Minuscule, but it's coming and it will be innovative and it will you'll you'll be masticating for weeks when you hear it. <laughs> well, I just said it jokingly right before we got started. I'm like, I was thinking we could do an hour of Irish hip hop, but then I was like, that's going to be a pretty short show. But John assures me that you know, some 35, 40 years after its birth, that Irish hip hop is really about to arrive. It's on its way. We like to take what already exists and add a certain level of poetry to it. Well. <laughs> Yeah, and also, the Irish play the long game. You've had to play the long game for <laughs> centuries, right? So yeah. I mean, like, no sense in jumping in no. like every Johnny come lately. Let's let's take our time with this and eventually make it our own. Now that might be a good indi- uh, uh, if that sounds like an indicator as to some innovative, great music coming. I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed. The music that we've picked for today is all based on sentiment, something the Irish do very well. Well, which is fine. I insist. I don't care what guests play on the show as long as it means something to yes. them. And I know because there's enough of it coursing through my veins that crying and wailing and gnashing of teeth is very, very important to the Irish heritage. Well, there is a saying, a famous uh, speech that Ian Paisley, only Ian Paisley said, about uh, the dark days that were coming. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And some lady at the front says, what happens if you don't have teeth? And he said, quite quickly, teeth will be provided. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, gentlemen, before we start moving forward and just trotting you out like some sort of seasonal leprechaun, although we are obviously doing that to a certain degree, it's good to see you again. For people who are not familiar with the Cosgrove name, which may be difficult to imagine at this point in your life and in our own, um, where are you from? I'm from a place called Adram Sea, which is uh, very few people will have heard of, except people from Adram Sea, but it's in County Fermanagh, which is a lakeland county, an inland county in Ireland, one of the few counties that doesn't have a coast. So we're like the Switzerland of Ireland. Uh-huh. Uh, we're surrounded by others, um, but we have lots of lakes, uh, but half the county is in water, and um, that's where I grew up, and I have no complaints, I have no darkness coming to mind about my childhood. Uh, so that's good. Now, but I don't know that county. Is that county northern? Southern it's northern. It's it is right, northern Ireland. It's, it's right on uh, what soon to be will be the non-existent border between north and south. That's my political uh, stump for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people have heard of Donegal, which is in the northwest coast. Yeah. It's just a little south of that. All right, very good. So, I mean, but you did grow up, just for a little bit of context, the Troubles were part of your youth, yeah? Oh, absolutely, 100%. I mean, I've seen... Um, Soldiers with massive machine guns walking through my backyard, and um, that's sun on the mild side. Um, but you know, we're we're moving on, <coughs> ethnic cleansing and all that. We probably <laughs> no one left to fight with, so thankfully we're moving on. I did notice this weekend on uh, one of the public radio stations they were talking about a, a new show that's out that's based in Northern Ireland that doesn't trivialize the troubles, which I appreciate. I'm sure everybody's heard of Derry Girls, the show on Netflix, which is great fun and against the backdrop. That's that that was a great and I love the show too. It's a great reflection of how we just had you just adapt. Like right. you just we, li- yeah, they just kept living their lives even though even crazy though, shit's happening. Yeah, well it's kinda of like this past year where, you know, this time last year we had no idea what was coming. But here we are a year later. For better or worse, we've got through it and we've adapted and we'll adapt when it, it uh goes the other way so you just learn to that's what humans do and those that struggle get left behind I, I have to mention one of my favorite moments in a pub with john cosgrove and i hope you remember this and recall it as i did although we were having quite a bit of fun that night <laughs> some assholes at the pub that we were at uh, i don't remember which one it was but they ordered irish car bombs and john was not real <laughs> happy about that <laughs> he looked at the bartender <laughs> and he said yeah, and I'll take a Twin Towers. <laughs> <laughs> and the people were just like, what the fuck? It's the same thing. Can, we get, a, can we get a half dozen gas chambers over here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, I mean, there, there are certain things that you do need to know about. It's why history is important. It's why travel is important. All right, so Cosgrove, how long have you been an American? I became an American citizen in 2006. I only know that because I had to find my certification the other day for some paperwork, government paperwork. Are you in trouble? I hope not. (laughs) Uh, I I can only imagine. I've learned the the hard way that it's better to worry about what's in front of you instead of thinking about what might be in front of you. So that's that's my (laughs) wisdom for the day. Um, But I've been living in Minnesota since the summer of 99. So I've, I've been here for the turn of the century. I've been fortunate enough that the first two years I spent here, immigration didn't find me and send me back. And so I managed to escape, and I've been here since, a citizen since 2006. But I've still kept a few other passports just in case. You never know. I just watched one of the Jason Bourne movies last night, and I fully imagine you suddenly realizing (laughs) they're there. You've got your boogie bag ready to go. Like, you need to bug out right now. you got your bug out bag and your multiple passports and your various currencies from around the world. that is true. Who knows? Maybe you're going to Tangiers. Maybe you're going to Azerbaijan. You don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm going to Mankato or Cambridge, <laughs> Minnesota. Uh, I did, <laughs> I did. Um, 
It's funny you bring that up because I haven't been home since November 2019. Boo-hoo, poor me, can't go home. I mean, when I go back to Ireland. Right. Um, it wouldn't have been much fun to go there in the past year anyway because everything's closed. It's still closed. and They uh, took lockdown a little more seriously than we did, didn't they? They absolutely did um, and was the case among Europe. However, they're, they're the vaccine rollout in Ireland right now is clumsy and that's being kind. I mean... US is putting in t- uh, 2 million jags a day that would cover Ireland in you know less than a week so maybe as St. Patrick's Day you, you talked about we've been rolled out here like a leprechaun maybe the Irish government boys need to roll themselves over to the White House because EU's not getting it done and Joe Biden seems to be getting it done and he claims that he loves Ireland well Joe it's time to step up I couldn't agree more. Um, boy, I don't even know where to start because there's so much there to unpack. So let's, but let's talk pandemic since we're talking about it right now. Prior to, I mean, St. Patrick's Day last year is just about the marking point of when it really got shut down. Yes. Certainly there were warning signs and people were starting to slow down. People were starting to take it considerably more seriously. The news had been around for months, for six months prior to that. But, it, you know, Americans are thick. I don't know if you've met many of them, but they're quite thick. And it takes a while for people to take things seriously. We were watching Europe shut down and taking it extremely seriously. And everyone here is like, I guess, I mean, whatever. And then people start to die, and it, it, it becomes much, much more serious. So what has your last year looked like? Well, uh, I, I used to go to an office to work. Uh, I have a so- event software company, VoiceHive, and uh, not a sponsor of this show yet, but we're working on it. Yeah, please, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. I think VoiceHive and Brian Oak's voice would go well together. But oh, we'll, yeah. We'll talk about that at another time. VoiceHive. VoiceHive. <laughs> I'm going to masticate. And then, you know... <laughs> I've had a I've had a podcast uh, for four years, Crafty Rogues, which primarily focuses on soccer and some some social commentary. Uh, so we basically moved our recording to my basement. I converted half of my basement. That was mm-hmm. that was a fun project. I we give up the lease on our office, so I work from home. So my office became a studio slash uh, workplace. So that was great. The kids all had their own space around the home. So basically, spending a lot of time at home. But I find when you put on a pair of headphones and you have a microphone and you're talking to people, it sort of keeps you sane in a way. So yes. I've been grateful for that. We started another podcast with our good friend Vincent Franquoil, who is a well-renowned French chef. And given my background in the hotel and restaurant business, uh, to Sean's point earlier, with quick quips at the bar, uh, here's John <laughs> Cosgrove. Uh, we started a sort of a uh, an alternative version. I would call it the bloody Valentine version of a foodie podcast. Where really, we're uh, we're trying to be a little innovative. We're not just going out and here's how you make. Uh, you know, corned beef and cabbage, but here's, have you thought about it this way? So he talks about, he's a phenomenal cook. He's talk, he talks about the food prep. I talk a little bit about the service and then our Australian referee kind of keeps us apart when we disagree on certain issues because he is French. It so sounds, that's been fun. Is there not some sort of U.S. Uh, regulation about three <laughs> foreigners getting together in one spot to discuss, supposedly discuss food, but clearly send secret signals to the cabals, the sleeper agents that are waiting around the country? What is the name of that foodie podcast? It's called Le Grand Fromage, which, of course, is French for the big cheese, which mm-hmm. is what he called himself. Uh, it was a self-imposed title when he had his own restaurant downtown. It's very much tongue-in-cheek. Um, I tongue-in-cheek come up with a different title for myself every week. Well, if the French guy's got a title. One week I called myself the king of the crack, and uh, the reception wasn't that great, so I changed it again. <laughs> I, I, promise, no. I promise I'll let this go afterwards, but when you've done a really good job of masticating 
Is the hope to have a grand farmage at the end? Oh, very good, Scott. Very good. <laughs> well, and King of the Croc, it, you know, it, it has a different meaning, doesn't it? Does. it? Uh, well, that was the thing. And I actually went out and bought <laughs> kingofthecrack.com <laughs> because who would I'm buy su- that? I wouldn't say C-R-A-I-C. I'm surprised it's not already taken. <laughs> yeah, well, and Croc, for people who don't know, is the Gaelic, is the No, Crack is the Gaelic word for fun. So right, it, the it, king it of be, fun. It would, be, it would be very common. For my mother to say on a Sunday morning when we were teenagers, was there much crack at the pub last night? Right. And uh, <laughs> that wedding, that wedding was great crack, or there was no crack at that wedding. So you know you can have all sorts of fun with it. Uh, but I've changed it to now I'm an accent waiting to happen. Nice. That's pretty good. So you you basically like many people uh, have gone home over the pandemic, but you've still kept everything up and running as much as we all can during the course of Absolutely. what has been a really weird weird year. Absolutely, and I've I have really appreciated the opportunity just to sit and be still for a while mm-hmm. and not be distracted and not distract myself. Sometimes it can take you into certain dark places, but you know what? The, the, those dark places need to be visited now and again just to uh, to to provide a little bit of light. So I've uh, I've appreciated that. I think I mean I won't I won't call any witnesses to this, but I think I've become a better parent. But you know that's still uh, still to be decided. And I've really you know understood what's important, which is friendship, which is my kids, which is I'm so glad I'm able to cook because I would be I would have no crack if I wasn't <laughs> able to cook. So I've enjoyed that. Um, obviously, it's you know I'm a, I'm a social person. I like being out, and uh, I miss that. But I, I feel like you know it, this isn't forever. We knew it wasn't going to be forever. So adopt that attitude, and, and of course, I am very, very, very aware of how much privilege as a white male, middle-aged male in the United States. Everything is just handed to me. Oh, you want some more? Here, let me let me take from everybody else and give to you. I'm very aware of my privilege. Um, and I think just being aware of it has helped me. Well, let's go ahead. John Cosgrove is our guest. He's a longtime friend of both Sean and myself and has been on the show before. It's been a year. I'm sorry that it took so long, but apparently if the Irish had more holidays, we'd have more excuse to have you by. Uh, also, you sound like you're a busy man, plus no one's seeing much of anyone these days, although that may be on the verge of changing, and we'll talk about that just ahead. But first, this show is first and foremost about music, and much like you, I'm sure, cover on your podcast and have seen over your many years in the hospitality industry, food is something that brings people together. You know, you learn about someone by the nature of the food they eat, sometimes by the way they eat, whatever the case may be. I feel the same thing about music, so every guest on this show is required to bring by some songs. You brought them by, so what are we going with first? Okay, so one of my favorite Irish people, and uh, of course, like a lot of people, I've found new forms of entertainment, especially in podcasts. One of my favorite Irish comedians is a guy called Tommy Tiernan, and he's quite a big deal in Ireland. And he did this bit once, and he's got his own show and his own podcast now, I'd highly recommend it. But he did this bit once complaining about the Irish rugby team having uh, to, to, because the Irish rugby team represents the entire island of Ireland, they just didn't want to play the, the, the Republic of Ireland's national anthem. So they came up with this song called Ireland's Call. So as he said, the savages from the north could sing a song together with the savages from the south. as a sort of, And he said it was the most corporate shite song he'd ever heard in his life. And he said, I have a recommendation. What we need to do is get Big Tom on it, who is an Irish country singer. He said he's got a complexion like be- earwax. He's got a song <laughs> that really speaks to the Irish attitude around life and uh, reflection of life. And the song is You're Going Out the Same Way You Came In. 
come back now yeah you know i gotta say you can hear the faintest tinklings of traditional irish music in there but clearly nashville informs at least that particular song by big tom more than anything well let me tell you country music in ireland is the biggest genre country music outsells every other form uh, genre of music in american influence country music. absolutely 100%. Your, father, your father was a big oh absolutely yeah, big. My, my my dad's dream was to come to Nashville when he came to the states was to go to nashville there is a lot of these artists record in Nashville. Gareth Brooks, you know, I know how popular he is here and he's universally popular. Um, when he played, he's played in front of more people in Ireland than you two have. What? Yes, I know. It's shocking. It's not something I like to admit. But there no, we go. I, yeah. just, I know that U2 is, uh, is pretty popular in Ireland. And, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, Garth Brooks did 11 shows in a row at Target Center over the course of yeah. a week once. And yeah. so I'm not, and all were sold out. I'm, so I'm not surprised about that. But I guess I am surprised. I didn't realize I knew American country was popular other places, but that popular, I have no idea. Well, the, the biggest Irish country star is a guy called Daniel O'Donnell. And, you know, all we call him all the blue hairs love him. He now is doing shows on PBS. That's how popular he is, and he's he's a massive artist in the UK. If he was playing in the studio next to me, I would go to the other side because I can't <laughs> listen to it. But but uh, but I like this the sentiment behind this song, and that's why I picked that one. It is the Brian Oak Show. It's made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? Well, drinking and driving is a really, really terrible idea. And I think on paper or sitting around a table in the morning, everybody knows that. However, you go out and you have a little, how do you pronounce it? Crack? Crack. Crack? Crack? 
Yeah, just, just like, like crack. Just like crack. Okay, yeah. very good. And maybe you have a little too much, and then suddenly your thought process is a little swayed. You're like, I could make it home. I'm cool. And you get popped. You get a DUI. Best case scenario in that situation is that no one gets hurt. You don't hurt yourself. There's no property damage. Worst case scenario could be so much worse. Even before you're found guilty, if you're pulled over, you're going to lose your license. And getting back to your regular life, even during lockdown, you still need to drive. You still need to go places. You need to get back into your car. The quickest and easiest and, frankly, most affordable way to do it is with our friends at Smart Start MN. Yeah, just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. We live in a time where there's literally no excuse to drink and drive, you know, with Uber and everything else. That being said, I'm sure that they're still going to be doing just fine for business yeah, because what, people what, keep making yeah. terrible decisions what happens if you're like i was you go to the pub thinking i'm just gonna have a few pints mm. and then you run into some friends <laughs> and then five hours later <laughs> you're still there that's the challenge or if you're like i was where you're like mm, i don't really like to drink beer or ale or <laughs> cider although i did enjoy the occasional cider because it makes me full before i can really get into that sweet crack spot. The zone. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and then you go with the Irish whiskey, and, well, it's a surgical cruise missile. <laughs> so just be careful out there. But if you're not someone you or you know, or that you know needs to get back into their vehicle, smartstartmn.com slash The Brian Oak Show. John Cosgrove is our guest. So, John, you, like a lot of people, locked down over the last year. You took your business and your creative endeavors at home and now you've got a place where you can do it and now as things are starting to slowly open back up i mean you got your first shot right your yes. first vaccination yes yes good uh, for you just just by pure luck i'm very fortunate that well, I. well you're have. irish well you know uh, these dodgy immigrants how do they get it before <laughs> before the true americans i was thinking the same thing and you I, know, to, I was not <laughs> i was willing and i was willing to drive to cambridge minnesota in the middle of a work day quote, oh quote, boy, unquote, work what a day, sacrifice and uh <laughs> stand in line for an hour and oh, I, yeah. I you know it was a little humbling i have to say and i was very grateful once again i am very aware of my uh blessings and my privilege but i'm grateful for it my children's mother has the vaccination and uh, now i have it so I, it, it's kind of a psychological it's really psychologically it feels great yeah, well, That's and again, it's good. starting to happen, and the rollout seems to be doing, you know, it's not ideal, but what they are doing is finding spots like, otherwise, if you hadn't gone and gotten that, maybe someone else would have, but we already know a certain number of them are going to waste because Absolutely. of the nature of keeping yes. them stored. So I don't begrudge anybody. No. I'm a little jealous. I would like to get one, yeah. Yeah. but I don't even feel right signing up yet because I'm like, well, but then I had someone tell me, oh, with your body mass index, you're totally <laughs> eligible. I'm like, oh. Well, remember, um, remember Michael Jordan, given his height and weight, was uh, supposedly obese when he was at the height of his power. So, oh, that's, a, that's, how I, that's how I console myself. Yeah, well, okay, good. But then I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with yeah. earlier today, Cosgrove said I looked a little bit like Michael Jordan. I'm going to go with that one. Um, but I don't begrudge anyone getting it. And it is rolling out and it is coming around. And I know you're not an epidemiologist, but people are really starting to talk about within a month's time. Opening things back up 75%, some places 100%. Do you feel like it's too soon, or do you think we're on the cusp? Do you feel like it's time to start getting back to some semblance of normal life? This is purely based on my own thought process. Right, and right. having been in the restaurant business, and I know how much they hurt, and a lot of my friends have lost their livelihoods, are no longer in the business. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows a realtor. Sorry, Sean. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you'll always separate yourself from the competition, Sean. You don't have any worries <laughs> there. And so for them, it's like... Uh, you know, them aside, I think those that open, they're going to they're going to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're not like some other states. I won't mention any names, uh, but I think that we're doing it at the right pace. 
and it should be just fine. I, I mean, I have great faith in the state of Minnesota for most of the people, especially within the metro area. So, uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't speak for outside that, but I think it'll be fine. Well, last year uh, on St. Patrick's Day, our friends at the local and uh, Kieran's had to lay off all of their employees yes. on St. Patrick's Day. And it Day's. hasn't opened up since Are then. they going to open up again soon? Well, they're, 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 the local, which is, the, they have a version of it over in St. Louis Park, that mm-hmm. is for sure opening up. And our friends at Brit's Pub, they're for sure opening oh, up good. in okay. a week. So that's good. My new favorite pub is a pub called The Prodigal, which could not be more aptly named for a boy like me. <laughs> and it's right over there on, um, I don't know what that neighborhood's called, Eat Street uh, neighborhood. Oh, Nicolet. Yeah, it's on. It's 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 around the corner from uh, Black Forest Inn. If you're familiar oh, with yeah. that neighborhood, twenty sixth yeah. and uh, I just love that place. Now the guy that owns the pub is also a pastor, so I feel like if you're not getting your spirituality in the pub, you're <laughs> definitely going to get it in the church. He has got you covered, right? So, and, and did they? How long has the prodigal been open? I believe about a year and a half. Um, but they sh- they closed down obviously when mm-hmm. when things got cold but uh and and went down but they're opening up again and they've got certain restrictions but it's a tiny place it wouldn't take much to fill it but then again the weather's warming up as well and you can sit outside and of course in minnesota we've been waiting all winter to sit outside so Mm. i think that's going to be to our advantage as well well and outside makes a big difference and i guess i'm not really worried about the how astute the establishments are going to be the proprietors are going to be i feel like they want to take this seriously as anxious as they are to get back to making things work again i'm worried about the average everyday idiots like i work in retail and we've been open pretty much the entire time and the number of people who walk around with their mask tucked under their chin like this and just the the lack of of, of conscientious nature and where i work there's a pub right next door to it where i went in to get some takeout food for lunch the other day and although they're supposedly only at a quarter capacity the entire central bar was completely full not one person wearing a mask and i just we've already gone through a year of this and i just want it to go slow. I want it to go right. I I have lots of friends who work in the hospitality industry, right? Or did work in the hospitality industry. One of my favorite establishments has already shuttered its doors for good. We've done everything in our power to help support Busters on 28th mm-hmm. when they were a sponsor of ours, you know, encouraging takeout and encouraging the limited stuff. I guess I'm just concerned that in our rush to get back to it because everyone is struggling. Yeah. And I want these bars and restaurants around. I, these are our neighborhoods, right? Yeah. These are part of the fabric of what we do. I just don't want it to go too quick and see another summertime shutdown for I all know. these great places. Yeah, well, I, like, I agree 100%. I think the fact that you can sit outside now will ease a lot of that and uh, take a lot of that stress away because uh, obviously when you're sitting outside there's a lot more airflow around so that's what kind of encourages me and then I feel like as we head towards the fall again and we, we're moving back inside by that stage we should be well on top of it plus we've been told that everybody's going to get the vaccination by the end of May and that's start of summer so I'm feeling a lot more confident, call it uh, misplaced or whatever, but I feel like the current administration is a lot more, shall we say, competent than the last one. <laughs> the only thing that worries me is this, and I hate to even op- open up this can of worms, but I'm seeing more and more people that are not willing to get the vaccine. Well, they need to be slapped, kicked, and put in a room and locked the door. Well, well, see, they, they need, they, they need, they need think, an island of their own. I was going to say, think. what they think is that these are, you know, mandatory, indoctrination. Yes. There are tracking chips inside them. Well, I say let's make their worst nightmares come true. Let's go around and round them up. <laughs> mandatory vaccines for their children first in front of them, and yeah. then we give them to them. Because guess what? We all have to live on planet Earth. And if, if, if you're not willing to play ball, then I agree with Sean. An island. That's, that's, that always yeah. seems like a reasonable <laughs> 
<laughs> a reasonable destination for somebody who doesn't agree with your point of view. We need another song, Mr. Cosgrove. Okay. What are we doing next? Okay, so one of my favorite St. Patrick's Day memories is going to see Glenn Hansard uh, in concert oh. at the Palace Theatre in St. Paul. It mm. was The sound was fantastic. The singing was fantastic. It, it just... It was one spine chill after another, and it feels like a, a lifetime since I've seen live music, and that may have been the last time I saw some live music or quality live music. Um, there's a radio station in Ireland called Today FM, and we've mm-hmm. had some fun with them in the past. I've been on Today yes, FM. Yeah, top quality, top, top people. For a couple of years, they did this uh, charity concept where they would take artists and have artists cover what seemingly would be obscure uh, opposing, diametrically opposed songs. So you would have um, the Elvis impersonator singing Vertigo by U2, or you'd have Brian Kennedy, who's this very soft, folky singer, doing The Streets. So that was the concept. Um, the one that I've picked is Glenn Hansard, and forgive me, I, I can't even see the guy's name, the fiddle player that plays with him. They took a Britney Spears song. Now, I just watched that Britney Spears documentary that was on recently talking about, um, you know, what she's gone through. And it really highlighted to me and really reinforced to me that that part of American culture and indeed Western culture where our idolization of celebrities, like I've actually had people say, but they're celebrities. It's like they're not real people. Well, that Britney Spears documentary clearly showed that she is a real person and really struggling. And there are a lot of vultures, even within her family, that are willing to tear her to shreds for their own personal gain. And I find the whole thing very, very uh, disturbing. And and I have a lot of sympathy for her. Uh, Go ahead. It looks like uh, Colin McInerney. Is that the name? I can't read it from here. Um, But they do this very sweet version of this song every time, which I believe she wrote. And I just love this version. And so I thought of that, having watched that documentary. For anybody that doesn't know Glenn Hansard or doesn't remember that name, he was uh, the, he was in the movie once, and it was his music that was featured. And then it went to Broadway. I got to see it in New York uh, nice. before it went to Broadway and won a Tony, actually. But well, for, And he's also uh, in the band The Frames. The Frames. And, yes. and he was also the saxophone player in the greatest movie of all time, The Commitments. Oh, that, which, you, it, it, is that really, do you think it's the greatest movie of all time? Well, it's one of them. I couldn't agree more. I, I, because my wife is such an epic fan of that movie, we've watched it no less than a dozen times over the course of our long and sometimes arduous marriage. But that has always been a highlight for us as well. And again, the, the Falling Slowly song that he wrote uh, with Marquetta Irglova, mm-hmm. that won an Academy Award. You know, I mean, it's like, so it's, he's, but... Again, aside from all the accolades and the success, there's a reason that this man has punched through on both sides of the Atlantic. His voice, his power, his emotion. There's really not anybody else quite like Glenn Hansard. Every time I see you in 
Absolutely right. Written by Britney Spears and her friend Annette Stamatelados, um, and produced by Guy Sigworth, who has produced basically most of the major pop stars in the last 25 years on both sides of the Atlantic. He's worked with Seal, Bjork, Madonna, Britney Spears, as we mentioned, David Sylvan, Alanis Morissette, lots and lots and lots of others. Uh, Adele, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah. That's so, an impressive list. Not bad. And I was just reading up on that song because I don't know that I know the original, or maybe it's just so changed there that I don't recognize it. But apparently after her breakup with JT, Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake wrote the song Cry Me a River, which was sort of a pointed arrow at Britney Spears, and that was her response song right there, told in heartbreaking form by Glenn Hansard. Do you imagine it's exhausting delivering music in his style? He must have a way. I'm serious. <laughs> there must be a way to separate yourself from the emotional heft of the songs you write because there's not there's not ever one of his songs that's just like a piffle, right? Like yeah. there's not there's not one that's just like, oh, that was a fun little jam. Let's hear another one. You know, <laughs> they're, they're they're heavy. They're real. Uh, I, I, he must be very comfortable with that. And you know, the other artist that comes to mind in that uh, arena is Van Morrison. But we all know how grumpy he is, so that's his excuse. But Glenn Hansard doesn't seem to be that grumpy. Yeah. So uh, somehow maybe that's his release. 
And, it's and, healthy. And then he, yeah, gets it out, and then he gets on with his day. Cathartic. Glenn Hansard right there on The Brian Oak Show. The Brian Oak Show is also made possible in more ways than one by my friend Sean Bernard. Sean, in one of those ways, it is because you are a sponsor of the show, and you are a realtor for Edina Realty, 50th and France location. I am indeed, and things are really heating up. We really need people to list their homes right now. We are at a crazy, crazy low for inventory right now. Right. There's nothing on the market right now. So you're telling me that once the snow is melted and all the dog poop in my neighbor's yard has been revealed, even if they just put it as, on sale as is, there are going to be people who are interested. Yes, there will be. It's crazy what's happening. I had somebody, uh, I went to see their house, a uh, person that we both know, and she had somebody come up to her door and just knock on the door and said, are you interested in selling your house? Wow. Because there's also people that have sold their house and they don't have a place to go to. Oh, that's smart. Mm. So it's it's just really odd. Now, I have several friends that are saying, we're going to wait till 2022 to sell. Well, you don't know what the market's going to be a year from now. So right. I just kind of say, okay, if that's what you want to do, let's get the house in order and, and ready to go and, and it'll be fine. But one of the things I'm doing this year um, that I'm excited about is I'm going to take a percentage of either the sale or buy side and donate to a local musician or band of your choice, the, of the buyer or seller's choice. So that should be a nice way to give back to the music community. Uh, they're just really struggling right now. So ACDC fans are going to be selling their houses now, are they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think local, it's got to be a Minnesota local. band. Yeah, yeah. A Minnesota band. And, okay. and if you don't know of one... I know of a ton because I've actually had a few of them say, hey, just in case somebody doesn't know, right. I'd love to be on your list of Do people. they have to be an existent band? Like, can it be an old school band like Morticia? We can track down the members of Absolutely. Morticia? Absolutely. I, I think only one of the four members are still surviving. Okay. Cool by me. Hey, look, man, if somebody loves Morticia and they're like, I want to sell my Adams family style home and I want the proceeds that you're going to donate to go to Morticia. Yeah, the only rule I have is no striper. Luckily, they're not a Minnesota band. Oh, they aren't? I thought they were in Minnesota. Striper? I thought they were like St. Cloud or something Always like that. learning. How do people get a hold of you? 612-859-2594. <laughs> that number is also textable, like the Hugstables. Striper, like the, the, the black and yellow band with the 777 I thought, I don't know why Christian I thought, metal? I thought they were from here, but maybe they're not. No, man. Orange County, California. Those guys oh, had hair metal all over them. They just, way off. They happened to love Jesus instead of Satan. They just were sort like of the, Cloud. the anti-Motley crew. Well, as we know, most images of Jesus, he looks like uh, one of the Bee Gees in the sky. So. That's true. He does. <laughs> Speaking of, have you seen the, the Bee Gees documentary? It's fantastic. It's unbelievably it's, good. It's so good. That band had reinvented themselves four different times. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and I think it's still common, although slowly but surely, you know, people are starting to understand more. I still think the vast majority of people believe that they were the disco sensations of the mid-70s. And if you go back to the, the very beginnings, they, I mean, they were a Beatles-esque psychedelic, beautiful folk band. And, the, I mean, long before the falsetto set in permanently, they've written great songs for 40 years. And they, the amount of songs they've written for other artists is, yep. is unreal. Yeah. And like, I, prolific. What's it called? It's called uh, How to Mend a Broken Heart. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Oh, if you're ever looking for a music documentary. Now, I haven't seen the Britney Spears one, but this Bee Gees one is absolutely required viewing. Couldn't agree more. If you're ever sitting around wondering, what am I going to look at? It's uh, and and you know there's only one surviving member and and the the bond between those brothers that obviously brought them a lot of success um, is so it's so poignant throughout and it's brought up throughout the show uh, that they were there you know we talked about you know terrible parenting um, they they were lucky they had a dad who understood the the mm. industry and knew what they were getting into 
Um, but the resilience that they had time and time again is just astounding. Well, and very recently, uh, Greenfield's The Gibb Brothers Songbook Volume 1 came out, which is a whole array of artists that are working with Barry Gibb. Originally, Barry did not want to sing on this record at all. He's like, I just want a bunch of other people to cover the Gibb Songbook. And almost to a performer, they're like, fuck that. We want to sing with Barry Gibb. And so he's not in his strongest voice of his life, but it's a really amazing compilation oh, of people that, paying tribute to an incredible band. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to mention something about Ireland as we transition here back to St. Patrick's Day and that whole thing is that I think a lot of people that think about going to Ireland are like, you know, I just don't know if I love Irish traditional music. I do love Irish traditional music, but what they don't realize is you go to Ireland and there are so many music venues there of people playing anything but Irish traditional music. One of the great things about knowing Cosgrove is that He's introduced me to all these different Irish bands. He's brought some into the studio here as well. But that was the thing that blew me away. Galway in particular, the amount of pubs that had, in fact, Keys Pub, that I think has three different stages in the same pub. Yes. I mean, but it's, you, it's you unbelievable. Have a, you have a great story about the guy who is doing Dylan covers. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's a, So there's one of the stages has this beautiful pipe organ uh, as the backdrop of the stage. And my wife and I are there. This is 1999. We were trying to uh, conceive in Ireland, not there at the stage, but later right. on. <laughs> and we're we're listening to this band, and and they played, you know, like two Dylan songs, and they played a couple others, and then they played another Dylan song. The guy, one of the, gu- the guitar player, comes off the stage, and I said, "What's with all the Dylan music? We're from Minnesota. I had no idea." He goes, "Over here, we consider him a prophet." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, okay." Wow. Yes, yeah, my dad. My dad has taken me to see Bob Dylan. I think three different times. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, and he's, he's played in Ireland. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 many, many, many times. Yeah. So if you're thinking about going over there, know that yes, you can hear some traditional music, but there are so. I many. will tell you though, even if you're not a fan of traditional music, if you're sitting in a pub with a pint and the and the atmosphere there, you'll enjoy the music because it's the soundtrack. One of my one of my favorite movies or one of my favorite moments on that trip with my wife was we're in uh, Killarney. And there's a kid that's just uh, working his way around uh, Ireland. He's an Irish kid, but he goes to university someplace in Ireland, and he's just busking. You know, he's sitting there playing his guitar. He's got the guitar open. And I just said to him, is there any way you would let me sing harmony with you on a song? It'd be a dream of mine. And I threw some... Had had you conceived by this point and it was free for you to sing? Well, then she didn't (laughs) want to conceive after she heard me sing. No, exactly. She's like, this won't work. This is not going to work. And the kid kid lets me do it. And people actually came up and threw some money in there probably to get me to stop singing. But but then I said, okay, I'm going to throw in a little bit more money here. Will you let me do... uh, a song from a Minnesota band on your guitar and you sing harmony. Uh-huh. And I got to sing Here Comes a Regular and he sang harmony on it. And I, I looked at my wife and I said, now I can die. <laughs> and this kid was just so accommodating. You know, I was I was probably 40 at the time or whatever. I th- you know, No, I wasn't 40. I was like 26, but he was 20. Yeah. And he was like, okay, who's this fucking you right. know, American bastard? But it was an incredible... They're just so friendly over there. And, but I, I do think you get what you give. If yeah. you're kind to them... They're kind to you, but Ireland, and you get to the small villages, when you get the fuck away from Dublin, I like Dublin, but Ireland to me is the small villages. That's the best <laughs> experience you're going to have. That's enough for the board of 
tourism. Yes. I got to say, I've been there twice, and um, it really is like something out of a pamphlet that you would get at the travel agents. I, every every single place I went to uh, with my wife, um, you know, whether it was in Navin or somewhere out in the sticks or right in the heart of Dublin, everybody I met was at least accommodating. I did have one person mock me openly, but in very, very good, in very good spirits. It was the night that U2 was playing there back in 2005, and we were there for a radio promotion, and... Uh, the town was on fire. There was a fever, right? Because they hadn't played oh. there in three years, four years, something. And every pub you went to was completely jam-packed, completely overflowing. And uh, my wife's like, hey, go grab us a couple beers. And, of course, it's five deep at the bar everywhere. And so I finally worked my way up. And um, I leaned in, and I'm like, and it's super loud, but this guy somehow still managed to do it. I le- re- leaned in, and I'm like, I'll have a couple of Smithwicks. Oh, nice. And, oh. Um, and he's like, what? I'm like, I'll have a couple of Smithwicks. And he's like, what? And he's like, I'll have a couple of Smithwicks over this huge din in the background. And he's like... Oh, Smithwicks, I got you, man. And, um, and then, of course, all the people around me erupted into laughter, and I got to be the stupid yank. And, but I somehow still felt it's a, it was a charming moment. I didn't feel at all offended or irritated. And you know what? He, he fed me out a little line yeah. and then yanked the yeah. hook. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, the, we call this Studio Craft, because that's Studio Craft right there, Mr. Oak, because mm-hmm. uh, I recently had a, a conversation with a good friend of mine, Mark Conklin, who lived in Ireland in 88, 89, and a year out from uh, college, he went to college in Notre Dame, as he calls it, the most average city in America, South Bend. And oh, it's a shithole. He spent, he spent a year in, uh, he lived in Maynooth, which is now a, like a, a suburb of Dublin. And that time in Ireland was high unemployment. It was pretty bleak, but he saw a lot of live music. Um, but he also mentioned that he called it Smithwicks and uh, yeah. and got ribbed for that as well. <laughs> um, but the uh, the next song that I've picked is one of his favorites, and this happens to be a band. This you know back then everybody wanted to be the next U two. You know, it's like everybody here wants to be the next Dylan. Well, everybody wanted to be the next U two. This band was was touted as having the the greatest potential for that. And um, I've seen them live. He'd seen them live. And we both agreed this was one of their best songs. Uh, and <laughs> it's got a funny title, too. It's Hello, 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 Petrol by Something Happens. She was 
That was really good. The year it came out, apparently 1990, NME called it one of the top 50 singles to come out anywhere in Europe. I've never heard of Something Happens. I'm glad I'm able to bring a little bit of joy. I appreciate that. It was a great song. I mean, it sounded very much of its era. Not quite the whole Manchester thing, but it had that sort of 1990 vibe to it right there. They've got about a dozen songs that are fantastic. I'm a big fan. And Tom Dunn, the lead singer has gone on to um, enjoy great success as a radio host. And, of course, he can speak to it with a little bit more authority, having been on the scene. And this band was touted as the next big thing. So I'm just kind of glad that I saw them live back in the day. So that one's for Mark Conklin. That one's for him. You know, we can talk about the greatest Irish musicians of all time, you know, and in the conversation, obviously, Van Morrison, Phil Lynott and Thin Lizzy, you too. But I think we all ultimately agree that the greatest musical act to ever come out of Ireland has got to be the script. (laughs) (laughs) So much so, so much so that they refuse to play Irish festivals because they don't want to be seen as an Irish band. I know. I remember that even when they were having hits here, they would do everything in their power to distance themselves from the fact that they were Irish because somehow that was... That's not cool. A liability. How is it not cool to be Irish? I know. That's crazy. I think it is crazy. uh, To your point earlier, um, you know, about, you know, there's only one day of the year. This is the time of year when the Irish, you know, you're going to see boys like me on TV making Irish stew. That would never happen. Uh, if there wasn't St. Patrick's Day. But Kieran, my old friend and mentor, said many times, he goes, here's what we need to do. We need to find 11 more saints, and we only need to work 12 days of the year. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong about that at all. Speaking of your native, your native land, the Emerald Isle, so things are starting to move in the right direction. Europe seems to still be taking lockdown much more seriously than we are here in the U.S. Uh, but, you know, it's slowly but surely. Vaccines are rolling out. It's changing. You said... It's been a couple of years since you've been home. When are you going back? I think it'll probably be November. Um, I don't think I'm going to get home this summer, uh, just purely based on the fact that, you know, with kids and uh, cost, and I want to make sure that things have opened up in Ireland too, because as much, you know, as fun as it is yeah. to go uh, visit with family, you want to be able to go out, because going out in Ireland is what it's what it's there for. That's why it exists. So I want to make sure that even the, if it's only the local Karani bar that's open, that's fine for me. But I want the place to be open and things to be going on because that's the magic. It's fun uh, in Ireland on Sundays, actually, that I was surprised about is that the whole family goes to the pub to watch, <laughs> you know, rugby or football. And yeah. it's just amazing to me that you'd have the grandmother there with, sipping you know, her, sipping her, her wee drop of uh, electric soup. That was <laughs> <laughs> Oh, electric soup. How I miss you. <laughs> what does your next year look like? Are you, now that you've, you know, have pulled everything back home and you talked about letting your lease go in your office, yeah. is this what your life looks like moving forward? Are you going to remain on the home front? Are you looking to get back out? I also know that you're someone who doesn't, has a hard time sitting still for very long. Yeah. But I just wonder if you've got other things that you're looking forward or thinking about doing in well, the coming year. Um, I think the, 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 the base, the day to day base is going to be, so in my business, uh, we have a structure where, you know, there's a sales structure there in the process and and some of it is technological and, you know, there's emails going out and follow up and all of that. But a lot of it comes down to in order to separate our business from the big guys. And, you know, I, again, I learned this from Kieran. It'll come down to service and it'll come down to building relationships. And in order to do that, I need to be out at networking events, at, at business events. I need to be on certain committees of certain organizations. The Minnesota Festival and Events Association has their annual conference next week. I'll be doing a little fun trivia thing at that in person, but it's being beamed in a hybrid fashion. 
and uh, getting to know in, in the events world it's all about who you know and people like to work with people they trust and so I need to be out doing that it just means that instead of going back to the office I'll be going back home to the basement and that's fine but I will be out as soon as things are quote unquote normal again I'll be out you know uh, pounding the pavement so to speak which is something you're very good at. Uh, obviously, we've all had our fill of Zoom meetings uh, in the uh. last year. Is your, I mean, because you know Minnesotans fall under the spell of an accent more than almost mm-hmm. anyone, right? And you know this is true. You, oh, I do. Yes, you do. Oh, I'm, I'm wondering, is your very beguiling Irish accent as effective across the medium of Zoom as it is in real life? I well, I would. Let, I can only judge it by the amount of business that it's generated yeah. over the last year. And if I look at it, uh, the number of events where I was I'm seeing, hosting, or doing trivia for has increased. And I can only put that. I'm sure there's charm there as well somewhere, <laughs> but I think the essence of it is is the accent. All right, very yeah. good. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm also I'm also very fortunate that I'm in a. I'm in a relationship with a German lady, uh, oh. hi Natasha, uh, whose last name is Freimark, which means free money, and I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> that manifest itself at some point. And uh, we with, no, did we work with the Natasha Freimark? Not ringing a bell for me, <laughs> okay. maybe. Uh, it's possible. She was involved. She used to work at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine uh, many years mm. ago as director of marketing, uh, but now she's working for an organization called Gen, Gen Youth. And um, they put on all sorts of events. They did something with the NFL, and and they're always looking for events. And they do they raise a lot of money for kids who have, um, you know. And I find this, you know, it's really disconcerting the 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 economy, the income inequality here in the U.S., where you have kids who are literally going to school hungry, and you have people who are, where am I going to buy my next mansion? In Malibu, and I, I mean, I I understand we don't want to be communists and we don't want to be socialists, but hey, I don't think it's it's too bad if people don't go hungry. Yeah, one in five American yeah. children go to bed. So hungry. she works That's with those guys, and awful. and it's it's humbling uh, when you hear stories like that for sure. You hate being with a bloody do-gooder like that, though. <laughs> well, she is German, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. She <laughs> has some penance. Yes, and so I've been introducing her to uh, probably assets and facets of Irish culture that she may not have been aware of before, so that's been fun. Um, and that's why I picked the last song, because uh, she, I don't think she'd heard of the Waterboys. Now, essentially, the Waterboys are not Irish, however. And the, 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 only, the two times I've seen them live was Mike Scott, who's Scottish, mm-hmm. and uh, the fiddle player, and his name escapes me, he He's English, but they play a particular brand of music. And when Fisherman's Blues came out in '88, mm-hmm. it changed everything. Everybody in Ireland has a copy, maybe even two copies. It's one of it's in my top ten albums of the 1980s. I know that record backward and forward. On Valentine's Day, I posted "Bang on the Ear." This record is it. It, it is woven, and so may, I'm maybe not as much as the average Irish person, but this record is woven into my blood. Uh, and mine too. Now, this song that we're going to play is not. Uh, on that uh, record, but there is a nice little bit of we call it diddly diddly music at the end of it. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like it it belongs in a in a sort of rolling green hills uh, soap opera. But I enjoy it and I like the sentiment of the song. You know, we we've almost made it to the end of the show without getting your trademark high to tie to tie. Ta 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 ta. Thank you. That's all I wanted. Uh, we're going to end with the song, John. It's wonderful to see you. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Although I know it's not nearly as big a deal to you as it is to us, uh, you know, Americans who like to pour down a little of the green beer on that special day. No green beer. No. Green.
ever. Um, <laughs> one more time, hit me with both your podcast titles and where people can find out more about your business. Uh, I've got a website that I just launched, Cosgrove Presents, which has links to all this, but the Crafty Rogues podcast, which is on all the usual outlets. And then the, the one that's really fun, the Grand Fromage, because, we, you know, we get to fight with the French guy and take him down a notch. That's that's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Yankee boys. <laughs> Winter blows, and wherever I'm going, I'll go in search of.